Welcome to the Highland Gospel Mission, a podcast to all nations. Each week, Pastor Keith will deliver a Holy Spirit-inspired message from Highland Southern Baptist Church to the rest of the world. If you have a Bible, we encourage you to read along and study the Word for deeper understanding. Now, here's Pastor Keith with this week's message. So if you would get your Bibles, open them up to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. I spend a lot of time in my life, or I should say I have spent an awful lot of my time with anxiety. Anybody else have a problem with anxiety? Anxiety, it typically has more to do with what we either have and have lost or what we've never had and we want. So anxiety can cause us to be brokenhearted. It can also cause us to be easily disappointed. And disappointment and brokenheartedness, it leaves us in a state of despair that honestly and truthfully makes, hard, makes, makes life hard to live. Because it's difficult to be able to see the things around us that have the ability to actually make us happy. The church in Philippi, just to give you a little bit of a background, the church in Philippi was full of people who were fairly new believers. And these fairly new believers, they were still trying to figure things out themselves. And I remember when I was a young Christian, and I was trying to figure things out, as I, as I learned more and more about the Bible, things began to connect a little bit more, and I started to figure out the nuts and bolts of life. And the nuts and bolts of life when God was actually interjected into the picture. So the people in Philippi, the only thing that they knew was that this established their church, this guy who had told them who Jesus was and had led them to God, this guy was put in prison. And he, Paul would have been one of the, he would have been one of the best dudes that these people had ever met. Somebody who was willing to sacrifice his time, someone who was willing to sacrifice his resources, someone who was willing to freely give to the people. And, and there would have been nobody who could have really made an argument about Paul and them saying that he was a bad guy. They couldn't have done it. Paul was the first individual that I think in the New Testament who had risen himself up to the status of actually being someone who in his conduct was above reproach. And the word above reproach basically means an individual couldn't accuse him of anything. They could accuse him of things that were nonsense, but in his character, everything that somebody would have had to say bad about the guy would have been easily discredited just because of the person that he was. So these new Christians in this church in Philippi, they could not imagine why this guy would be imprisoned by the Romans. They couldn't couldn't imagine why. But it broke their heart. And I've preached on this this, uh, particular book before. Not only would they have been brokenhearted, they probably would have been confused. Some of them would have been angry. They would have been flabbergasted as to why somebody could take somebody like Paul and treat him the way that the Romans were treating him. And Paul was the kind of guy that, that let the, the Philippian people know that our bad reactions are not the correct response. 
He even took what they saw as one of the most terrible things that could happen to him, and he turned it into something good. They would have had the attitude, I cannot believe that they would have thrown him into prison. But in the letter, what the Apostle Paul said was, I'm able to reach people with the gospel in here that I could have never reached with the gospel otherwise. And that speaks to his character. That is an amazing testimony for him to be the one that was imprisoned and him to be the one who was often mistreated, but he was the one that turned around and looked at his circumstances and said, God has allowed me to be in this place for a reason. And then to use those circumstances to bring glory to God. So in chapter 4 in the book of Philippians, He's trying to get the people in the church in Philippi to understand what it means to look at things according to a vision of excellence. In other words, if you're down, if you're down and out, if you're depressed, if you're fighting with anxiety, do you tend to see the positive things in life or do you tend to see the negative things in life? We're not thinking of, of excellence when we're in that position. We don't think of the good things in life when we're in the position of the heart where everything in life seems to be going wrong for us. But Paul's trying to teach the people how to be the person that he, that he has been imprisoned. And instead of him sitting in a corner in a cold prison cell, chained to a wall, singing, woe is me, everybody hates me, I'll just eat some worms. He looked around and he said, why? Why have I been brought here? Why, what purpose does God have for me from this point forward? And I'll grant you folks that we will find ourselves in circumstances in life that the world will always intend as harmful towards us. Always. But what does God do? He makes all things to the good to those who know him and are called according to his purpose. The world wishes evil upon you it wishes depression upon you it wishes anxiety upon you but god says i'm going to take what the world has dealt to you and i'm going to make it to the good for your good for the good of my kingdom and for the good of him as the one who has sacrificed his life for us in these verses philippians chapter 4 starting with verse 1 he says, therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy, my crown, so stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge Euodia and Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true comrade, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. That word always is a tricky word. Because it's easy to be happy when circumstances are happy. Amen? And it's easy to praise Jesus when our circumstances seem praiseworthy of Jesus. Amen? But rejoice in the Lord always? Who gets to decide whether your circumstances are good, bad, or indifferent? you do got an important question for you do you trust yourself that much that you'll put all of your eggs in your own basket have you really ever been that accurate with your circumstances in your life 
How do you know that you're not where you're at right now because God has something bigger in store than your eyes are capable of seeing? How do you know? Question. Do you believe Jesus loves you? Do you believe that God likes to be cruel and unusual in his punishment towards the people that he loves? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God likes to be cruel and unusual to you? Does God have the power to remove you from the circumstances that may be difficult in life? Does he have the power to do that? But has he? He does have the power to do that, but has he done that? So again, folks, and I've said this, I've said this probably a dozen times in the last year. The bumper sticker. You guys ever see the bumper sticker that says, um, if God brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. You ever see it? But here's the problem. If God brought you to it, should you be so quick to look for the way through it? It should be, if God brought you to it, stop and look around and ask him why. Because he's trying to touch our lives, he's trying to touch someone else's lives, he's trying to do something in the midst of our circumstances. Is there really any such thing as bad circumstances? I mean, in light of who God is, is there any such thing as bad circumstances? There's not. Who gets to create bad circumstances and good circumstances? Who gets to categorize life and actually say, oh, that happened to me, bummer, that was bad. Or, hey, woohoo, rejoice in the Lord because that was good. Who gets to decide where, which list or category those things fall into? You do. You know what that means? That means our circumstances, they only exist in our own brain. When we remove them out of, outside of our brain and we refuse to categorize these things by good or bad and we see them for what they are, they're opportunities. I'll grant you, some opportunities may not be fun. Some opportunities that God provides us, I'll even go so far as to say this. Most opportunities that God brings us to are not fun. They're not. The number one reason that Jesus came and died on the cross, what was it? To be able to seek and save the lost, to restore the relationship between creator and creation. And if you remember as well as I do, I wasn't in the church when I heard about Jesus. I wasn't in the church when Jesus came seeking me. Where was I? I was in the darkness. I was living the life of that darkness. And the chances of me walking out of that darkness to the light on my own would have been slim to none. You know what it required? It required somebody to be willing to wade through the cesspool that my life was in in order to find me. Do you think it was fun for them? I know my circumstances. I'm here to guarantee you that was not a fun walk. 
for them to walk the life where I was apart from Jesus Christ. So I tell you again, most circumstances as Christians, they're not fun. But the question is, are we here right now to have fun? You can have fun in life. Jesus can give you a life that is full, that is, that is most abundant. But you're not here right now to enjoy yourself. We have forever to enjoy ourselves. Amen? I remember when I was a youth pastor, and a kid actually put it in the youth room up there. It's painted over now, I think. But Play now pay later live life however you want to go and have a blast do whatever you want to right now and have a blast at it live life for your own happiness but there's a price to pay after you take your last breath pay now play later the things we know that God wants us to do that are not always fun, the things we know God wants us to do that, all, that, that tend more than, more than not to make us uncomfortable, those things that we sacrifice in the life that we live now so that eternity is where we play. And there are people who make this trade all the time. If you get to have fun, would you rather have fun for five minutes or 50 years? That's true for so many people. I can't figure it out, but that's true for so many people. Give me the misery for five minutes so that I can have fun for 50 years. And by comparison, there is no comparison because there is no 50 years. The fun we get to have is endless. For me, I don't even require much to have fun. All I want to see is people no longer inflicted with sin. I want, to, I want to be able to live in an existence where the effects of sin on kids, the effects of sin on adults, the effects of sin as a whole, all the way from sickness, death, unhappiness, all of those things, it, it will be fun for me if those things just don't exist. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Did you guys know that when you walk around in whatever state of mind that you're in, actually spread that to everyone else that you're around? Let your forbearing spirit be known to everyone. In other words, if we as individuals understand who Jesus Christ is, how he dealt with us, the circumstances that he dealt with us, how that emotionally stabilizes us, do we realize how much we then share that with the individuals that we're around? Because even if we get it all together, there's a lot of people in the world who don't have it together. And do they need Christians who are walking around in a hopeless state? Is that what they need for an example? Do they need people for an example that are going to walk along and emotionally be what they are based on the circumstances of the moment? 
Because I'll tell you something, folks. If we look at our circumstances as being good, bad, or indifferent, the life that we live will be a roller coaster, more of a roller coaster than the Screaming Eagle itself. But if you look at life through the lens that God has provided, is God movable? The foundation of Christ provides us the steady nature of the emotions that get us through life. We're humans. We're not perfect at this. All of us still ride the roller coaster. Amen? But God can't love you more tomorrow than he does today. He can't love the lost more tomorrow than he does today. His hope is sound, just as sound tomorrow as it is today as it was yesterday. His strength is just as strong. His encouragement is just as encouraging. It does not ride the roller coaster of life. So if we get it figured out, this relationship, who God is, who we are in Him, even though we're going to not be perfect at it, we're going to live a life that is much more steady than the life that's lived based on our day-to-day circumstances. Verse 6, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There's nothing wrong with you as an individual making a request to God. I mean, even though I don't know what God's trying to do, I still have desires of my heart. And the desires of my heart should match the desires of God's heart. But there are those things in life that we don't know what God's position is specifically. It's okay to say, Lord, if it's according to your will, I desire to see this person healed. It's okay to do that. But it's not okay to be anxious about it. Because what we want should always match up with what God wants. You can ask him for it, but what we want should always match up with what God wants. If we, if we do these things, and this is what he says in closing, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? If we put all of our trust into God and we remove all of the chance of anxiety, anxiousness, the peace of God will rule in our hearts as individuals. Because you see, the problem isn't the difficulties that we're facing. The problem is 100% of the time, the problem is Are we okay with the circumstances? Because I say again, folks, is God big enough to change your circumstances? If he chooses not to, are you okay with that? We should be. So the anxiety is removed out of the way. Peace rests in our heart because ultimately we know that God is getting what God wants. 
And if God is getting what he wants, and if what I want is what God wants, then there's no room for anything but peace. Make sense? Now these last verses, this is where he flips it, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if any worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the peace and, and the, the God of peace shall be with you. Why do we insist on dwelling on the negative things in life? Even those things that are left over. By left over, I mean those things that we haven't mastered. Those things that we know. We know, ultimately, because it's the way that it's working out, that that's the way that God's going to use it. Those areas of our heart where it's difficult for us to be able to admit that we're being selfish... Because we ultimately want what we want. We have to know that there are so many things. How many of you guys are familiar with the the song? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. I had some advice that was given to me at one time when I was fairly young. Because, you know, I was Charlie Brown. Everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. I'll just eat some worms. And I had a Sunday school teacher in class one day. He said, now I want you to sit down. I want you to write down all the negative things that you have in life. But as soon as you're done with that, I want you to turn the piece of paper over and I want you to think and write down every good thing that you have in life as well. Which of those two lists tend to outweigh the other? I've never met a person where the bad outweighs the good. Never in my life have I met a person. So why is it that we, send, that we tend to focus on the short list? rather than focusing on the long one. You see, peace comes by trusting God. Life at its fullest comes from truly knowing who Jesus is and living according to the benefits that that provides. There is always hope. God is always doing something. And there is a certain amount of encouragement in knowing that whatever God is doing in your life, He's doing it for a purpose. So pray to Him and use it. Not for yourself. Use it for Him. And just like I said with the kids a while ago, share what you've got, this time with God. And then watch what He does with it. I don't believe that God likes to play tug of war with us. 
and we're people who tend to play an awful lot of tug of war with him. If you're here today, you've never placed your trust in Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior. This is the opportunity to just come up, tell me that you want to be saved. I can't save you, but I'll take the time that's necessary in order to talk to you about the one that can. If you're here today and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, this is an opportunity to be able to get your marbles in a row. You know what I mean? To set the things in life in place. But this time, don't just use your own anxiety and your own wants for the structure. Use God as the foundation of the structure as you focus on the things in life. I promise you, you leave here today spending this time with God, looking at things from His perspective, and in your trusting Him, you'll leave this church today happier than you came in. And if you can remember it for this week, every morning when you get up, your happiness will be happier than it has been in the last week. Because again, God never changes. If he has the ability to encourage you right now, he has the ability to encourage you tomorrow. Because that's exactly who he is. Amen. Thank you, Brother Keith. And for those listening on the podcast, I want to offer that same opportunity to you to come to the Lord. If you've never placed your trust in Jesus, now is the time to do so. By default, we are all sinners, separated from God, and there is nothing we can do on our own to fix that. That's why God sent His only Son, Jesus, to come live a life without sin. He was put to death on a cross as a perfect sacrifice for that sin. And to seal the deal, He came back from the dead three days later. If you truly believe that and ask Him into your heart, you will be saved. If you're already a believer, this is a great opportunity to recenter your life in Christ. Take these next few minutes in prayer, and I'll be praying for you as well.
Thanks again for listening. If you have questions about becoming a Christian, discipleship, or if you have prayer requests, you can visit us at facebook.com forward slash highlandsouthernbc. Have a blessed week and go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Highland Gospel Mission was produced by Zach Link with preaching by Keith Perrin. Music provided by Pixabay under Creative Commons.